If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Everywhere we go, people want to know who we are and where we come from. So who are you and where do you come from? Hey, Rebecca, thanks for having me on. My name is Arazil and I grew up in Blanchestown. I'm living in Drimna now. Arazil, so I'm going to call you Yaz, is that okay? That's your dad? Yeah. yeah. Um, but you do have another name, so what is the other name that you go by? Yeah, so my stage name is Top Notch. Top Notch. Yeah. So I know all about Top Notch, as in I looked at your Instagram, because the reason I looked at your Instagram was because I got so many DMs, like so many DMs, I put up a question box and your name kept coming up. And then separate to that, over the past while, I've been getting a lot of people saying to me, you should have her on, you should have her on. Just like, That's lovely, like yeah. randomly yeah. out of nowhere, just going, hey, do you know this girl, you should have it. Can I tell you this, have a look at this account? So we'll talk about that. Yeah. But from the very beginning, tell me about yourself. Okay. Yeah, so um, my past was quite negative. Um, you know, my mom and dad, they're Iranian. So they came over from Iran to Ireland. And my sister was born in Iran. When they came over, I was born here in Ireland. A year later, my brother was born. My mom and dad, you know, they end up falling out. They were in a marriage and it broke down. So my dad would have left and he went back over. So my mom, you know, she barely spoke English at the time, you know, was left to rear three children on her own in a country. She didn't know people, you know, so it was quite difficult. But I was a child um, I didn't know better. So, you know, when my dad left, I just felt abandonment issues. I felt no love. My mom was after, you know, coming out of a breakdown of a marriage and she was just very depressed. So I didn't get love from my mom and dad, which I needed. Um, my brother and sister, I was quite different from them. I was the middle child, as you say, the black sheep in the family. So, um, yeah, I just, I kind of went down and I end up in, you know, I end up hanging around with gangs and stuff like that I got involved in the wrong things and you know I seen stuff that I shouldn't have you know at, at a young age um school wasn't great because I'd go in and yeah I had high aspirations and dreams of being successful being a musician and you know I would tell the kids in school that and you know as soon as I said that to them I just felt them turning on me laughing at me tormenting me in school um yeah I was bullied quite a lot um, it was quite painful, you know, skill was. I remember being in the bathroom and just closing the door, you know, at lunchtime and just crying in the bathroom, you know, just tormented, you know, in skill. Um, Did a teacher ever help you? You see, that's the thing. The teachers weren't great at it, you know, because 
I didn't feel the help was there because I remember myself and this girl in my class, the two of us, you know, we, we went at each other and it was mad because the guys would kind of push us, me and this girl, to kind of go at each other, you know, unfortunately. And, you know, they weren't they weren't there. Um, they put me and her out and we were sitting beside each other. I remember we were talking to each other and, like, it was like we, we could have got on, but we didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember, actually, there was this day where the whole, like, basically the majority of the school planned myself and her having a fight because it built up to that you know and um we did sadly we did we end up in the park across from where our skill was you know and um the fight broke out and I had to defend myself and it brought out a monster in me I didn't want to be you know that type of person but at that time I had to stand up for myself and I did fight her and I did win the fight, but it was crazy. I remember, you know, just going at her and picking up a branch and just, you know, trying to win this fight. And I remember winning and feeling a bit like, you know, like it's crazy because for me, I wasn't that type of person, but I felt like I've accomplished getting the person that was attacking me in school, you know, um, mentally, you know, um, emotionally attacking me, you know, and then physically I got her back, but I didn't enjoy it, you know. Mm. It was just, at that time I had to defend myself, you know. Yeah, and can I ask you with that, okay, because I've been in a similar scenario where a a bully was pitting me off another girl and they want us to fight and pushed us towards fighting. And thank God we didn't, you know, we didn't didn't fight. Um, But, like, in that moment, are you, when you win the fight, are you... Going, oh my god, yeah, I've killed her. Like, you know, well, killed her. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, and now these are all going to think I'm amazing. They're going to leave me alone. See, that's the thing. I didn't enjoy doing it, but I just felt like it was kind of like a thing. Like, you hurt me all these years in skill, torment me, call me names. You know, try to make a show of me in skill, and it was like me feeling like that I defeated her, but I didn't enjoy it. Do you know what mm. kind of way I felt? Kind of like, look, you know, what I mean, you brought this on yourself, and now look, you know, like, do you know that kind of way? Yeah. So it was just, it was mad, but um. You know, I actually seen that girl, you know, a few times recently and, you know, God love her, she is in a bad way, but I was there to help her and I was always, you know, trying to encourage her and, you know, try and bring her back to the light, you know, Um, I hope she does get that, you know, the last time I seen her, she was still in a bad way, but, you know, me and my friends, you know, paid for her food and done stuff like that, just try and help her and uplift her spirit because, you know, we actually, the last couple of years, me and her actually got on very well, Mm -hmm. out of skill. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. which is ironic, but in skill we were just clashing. You know, and um, can I ask you just take a little back, back a little bit for me? Um, at what age was it that your dad left? My dad left when I was eight years old. Yeah. And did you know he left, or like you know, or was it a, a months later that you had a realization he's gone? Yeah, you see, the last memory I had of seeing him was we were standing. You know, I think it was the airport, I'm not too sure, but I just remember he had to go and I remember him saying goodbye and I said, Daddy, don't go, don't go and I started crying and he left and he just never came back. And then, so you knew then, so then your mom then, she's no English yeah. and going back to the house with the previous. Yeah. What, how old was your brother? My brother was a year younger than me, so he would have been seven. And neighbours, no neighbours help or anything like that? There were a few people that would have been around trying to help my mom. I didn't really know them well, but... You know, um, it didn't help, though, because my mum was still very stressful, very depressed and manic. You know, I always remember her being so strict. And, you know, if I tried to do something or tried to be bubbly, it was kind of like she was just, you know, she was always angry, like, you know, a lot. Did she take the anger out on you? Yeah. Yeah, I felt it the most. I really did, yeah. Physically? Um, There were times, but 
this was when I was a teenager and I was, you know, I'm not giving her condoning what she done, but I was very reckless and wild and I was the type that she'd tell me, you're not going out and my friends would be outside waiting for me knocking to get me to go out. And I'd say, I'm not going out. I'd have that attitude and I'd go up to my bedroom. Now, this is, you know, in Sheetmore and Blanchestown where you've got like the house where I'm living, you know, above where the side is, right? Mm. And I'm jumping out this window and getting onto the side of the the cover of the, the house and the rooftop, uh, basically. And I'm jumping down onto the ground and saying, shouting out to my mum, who's not getting out and legging it with my friends, thinking that's great, you know. Mm. Um, that's the attitude I would have had to, with my mum. Because basically, I remember when I was a kid, very young, I was always afraid of her. I'd listen to her. I remember one time the girls asked me for a graduation, something to do with the Spanish people came over and we're having a party and they were like, can you, you know, come with us? And I asked my mum and she's like, no, you're not going, you're not going. I remember I listened to her, you know, but then after when I started feeling I had my way, I started kind of having that attitude like, no, you can't tell me what to do, you mm. know, and I'd always bail out and, you know, I was just reckless. And I think that was kind of... Well, it wasn't kind of, it was a bad thing because I ended up out with the wrong people on the streets, you know, and getting involved in really things that I look back and go, I, that wouldn't, I would never dream of doing those things, you know. Can you <clears> tell <throat> me about some of those things? Um, you don't have to. Yeah. Um, I basically went out with a guy when I was 16, left my family home. This is crazy. Like, you know, you think you're in love. So next thing you know, you're packing up your stuff, leaving the home and going and living with them. And I was, I was living in a caravan. Um, the guy was a traveller and, you know, I started taking to that way of living. Now, at the time, he was taking drugs. I was taking drugs. And basically, it was out in Booterstown. We were living in Booterstown and I got myself a job. You know, I was working in the platinum nightclub okay so that was fine but he was very you know in terms of when I finished work where I you know it was just like I literally had to leave work and go back and I I remember actually telling the girls the girls were like do you want to stay back and you know and I was like no I have to get back so I was always afraid and um he'd he'd be into going out and you know robbing and making money you know um sadly the wrong way mm-hmm. um and I remember one time he said to me he was like I'm going out to make money. And I said, no, I'm going with you. Silly enough, you know, because I felt I loved him at the time. And I was like, no, you're you not. You don't have to justify <clears throat> any of this because you were 16. Yeah. So always remember that. Like, no, I, I am not here to judge you and nobody will judge you. But people did things and people took advantage of you and you were 16. So don't, don't worry. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, yeah, I went out. Um, we did... Um, at that time we took tablets and I was, you know, tablets are really bad. I wasn't in the right frame of mind. So I went with him and I basically persuaded him to go with him because he was like, no, you're not because he wanted to protect me saying, saying, you're still doing the wrong thing, but he didn't want me to participate with what he was doing. But I just wanted to go with him because I just felt, you know what I mean? I didn't want to leave him. Secure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. So I remember we were walking up the road and he got into a house and I was waiting outside and I was like, he's taking forever, what's he doing? So I seen the door was open and I went in Mm. and it was crazy, like, right? And next minute, the guy that lived in that house started walking up the stairs, right? And the two of us looked at each other like, what are we going to do? Like, 
So we went into the bathroom. Now, this is mad, right? So where does he... He wants to go into the bathroom. So he walked in and he looked at the two of us. And I just said to him, sorry, I'm going to leave. Sorry, I'm leaving now. And basically, I walked out the stairs and I went out the door. And I, he didn't come out. My ex-partner didn't come out, so I had to go back in. So I went back in and he was on the stairs and the guy was holding on to him like that, not letting go of him. And I just went over and I just said, you know, like, will you let go of him? So he did. He got out and I was like, let's go, let's go. What are you doing? Let's go. No, he wasn't satisfied with that. Keys to the car. He got in the car and the guards came up, grabbed me, threw me into the back of the car. And I mean, they took chase of him for nearly 15 to 20 minutes, say. And I couldn't stop laughing in the back with my nerves. Cause, and the guard said it to me. He's like, why do you keep laughing? I said, because, you know, I was just panicked. I was like, what the, what am I have to get myself into? I was shocked. Like, and um, they eventually got him in the end. And you know what I mean? But I remember even the guards, I remember the talk they had with me in the station. Like, they could tell I wasn't that type of person. They were trying to tell me, stay away from him. He's bad news. And, you know, um, he ended up going to prison over that. And I, was, I ended up having to stay in the place, you know, when he was in there, you know. Um, but I also remember the statement because the man and the woman that lived there, the woman wrote, the good-looking girl. And I was shocked. I was like, I'm after doing something that i done wrong. But so it was like they could understand that I wasn't, I wasn't trying to do wrong. Mm. I was just in the wrong situations, mm. do you know. Mm. So, you know, stuff like that. Like, and then did you yeah. stay there in that caravan by yourself then? I did. Now his brother tried to come up and things like that and I felt very uncomfortable, you know. Um Wow, this is going to be the first time I'm open up about this. Um, Take your time. So, one of his brothers, um, when I was 18, um, we went to a party. I was going to college at the time, and I was looking forward to that. And I remember we just went to a party, and his brother was there. And so, basically, when I was 18... um, I went in to go to the room. My childhood friend at the time was in there with the brother of my ex-partner. And now my ex-partner looks different from his brother because his brother was redhead and he was black hair. They were totally different people. Like, and um, this person, you know, totally destroyed my life in the sense, um, basically, I went to the room to go to sleep and I told them to get out. They left, closed the door. Went into the, the bedroom to lie down. I was absolutely wrecked. Whatever, I, the medication I took just made me so drowsy. He came back in and he raped me. And it was the most sickening thing ever. Like, it was so sickening. I really tried to blank out that, like, do you know what I mean? Because I kept, you know, trying and he just, he wouldn't stop, you know what I mean? So it was sick. And um, I remember after, like, when that happened you know I remember walking out and people left left me there and I remember saying it to my childhood friend at the time like why did you leave like why did you know what I mean and his brother and you know we're all sitting outside and I screamed for help and they done nothing absolutely nothing it was just it was absolutely sickening and I was supposed to go to college and like I did go to college but I remember feeling all dirty and crap and you know all my classmates are all happy and upbeat and I just felt you know just like dirt and I just felt crap and I remember because my ex at the time you know it was I had to tell him what happened you know and I remember being in the car with my friend a college friend and sitting in the car and I 
because he was talking to me and I felt so ashamed to have to say to him but I had to and I told him and then it was just that's when things fell apart you know so he re- he destroyed a lot in 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 my life you know um the the trust in a guy I was always afraid and fragile and then when I was going back when I was uh 14 it was before my 15th birthday I nearly got raped and at that time because I didn't I thought I was lucky and then when I did it just it just totally I just lost it you know um when I was 14 basically what happened was say um what happened was basically I was walking up the road after leaving friends I was about to go home and then he said to me oh um, do you want to come to a party and you know all that so I was thinking okay grand you know I'll go you know so I went over walking with him wreck like clueless of what you know what's going to happen and did he, you know him I did know him yeah because we'd hang out you know from mm. late as well we'd hang mm. out and stuff and he tried to force himself on me I panicked I was like what the hell's going on you know what I mean so I legged it he legged it and he went through the fields and I ran and whatever way he got me it was in front of a set of houses and across the road was the park and he had his arm around me like that and he gripped now I actually have a longer hole in this ear because of it so I actually can't hold on to longer earrings because it droops down because of it so I have a scar from it you know and um, because I used to wear hoop earrings and I used to wear the hoodies and blood was gushing from me because he was very violent like this was this really tormented me at a young age at 14 to go through this just tormented me and I was scared you know um three times I always say third time lucky the first time when I tried to get away from him he grabbed me second time I threw myself onto the ground he grabbed me again and then I remember the third time and the reason why I know he tried to write me he actually the things he was saying to me as he was sickening yeah exactly so it was horrible you know and I just remember running away from where the where he's trying to bring me to onto the field and running and this was in late as well and I ran and I remember thinking in my head I always remember thinking this by the time I knock at the house he probably grabbed me again and next minute I just seen a black car and I threw myself onto the road in front of this black car and it stopped and there was a man in the car I did not care once to get away from him because I was terrified you know so I got in that car and that guy called the guards and got the guards down the guards drove me back to my estate in Sheetmore and he said, will we tell your parents and, like, tell my mum, you know, because I was only living with my mum at the time. And I said, no. I was so embarrassed and so, like, you know, so I didn't. And I remember me and my mum clashed because it was like, I needed to open up to her, but I just knew I couldn't. You know, it was always hard to open up to my mum about stuff. And that was tough for me because she was the person I needed to reach out to about things. And I remember one time when I did admit to her, I was on top of the stairs and she was, you know, going at me. And I said, and by the way, I nearly got raped, you know. So it was, yeah, growing up was a tough, you know, growing up as a child was tough, you know. Um, what did she say when you said that to her? I actually, I honestly can't remember. Mm. I can't remember that moment, mm. you know. But um, things never got easier. I remember um, that girl that was there when I got raped. I hung around with her and just... Bad news, you know, she was very, very, you know, things were going on for her, you know, and me and her were very close, though, you know, it was mad. We had a mad relationship as friends because we were close, but, yeah, I always felt, you know, felt something wrong with her, you know, I did, you know, and um, her mom, you know, um, her mom passed away and she went, you know, um, on a mad one and um, after me nearly getting raped, I went on a mad one. So the two of us went to our nannies in Finglas, 
you know, we left and we went to our nannies in Finglas and planning on staying there for one night. We ended up there for three weeks. We ran away. My mum was absolutely like, you know, she was, she couldn't reach out to me. She didn't know where I was, you know, and we were just reckless. You know, um, I remember one night we stayed out because her nan kicked us out because we were taking our tablets. And we end up staying out in Finglas and we were going to sleep outside a church and we could hear guys walking by and we're like, you know, we can't do this. So we left there and we walked into the fields and I remember seeing a piece of wood and I was like, I'm sleeping on that. And she goes, can I sleep beside you? And I was like, obviously I'm not going to let you know, sleep away from, you know what I mean? So we both cuddled down, but it was mad because it actually rained and we woke up and we were like, what, you know what I mean? It was crazy. Like, and, um, just to, 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 we I got back. I actually yeah. just can't even like to for you even being putting yourself in those positions at fourteen is just insane. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Like it's just, I'm. So, yeah, and the sad thing about it is the day that we came back from Finglas. The guy that tried to rape me was on that bus. And when I got on the bus, we went to the back of the bus and he was sitting there and he was sitting, I think it was his cousins with him, two others I think it was, and he was sitting there and I just, the terror in me, I was like, oh God, like, so we sat at the back, I sat at the very back and my mate sat there. And I just remember he said nothing until he was getting off, walks over to me and I remember him. Have you got a fag? Give us a fag. Have you got a fag? And I was like, I don't. I don't have a smoke. And he boxed me. And then he walked off. And the two guys that were with him said, we believe you. We heard the stories that you nearly got raped. We didn't believe you. But for him to hit a girl like that, we believe you now. So, you know, all that. And they walked and they left the bus. And I just remember feeling like, because for so long, I remember telling people that. Because I was in fear. But I remember telling people, I need to get out to someone. I couldn't say it to me, man. And I remember... It was going around and I felt like, you know what I mean? The way people try and make it, oh no, you didn't, it didn't happen and all that crap and all. And when they said that to me, I was in pain already. And then what he done to me, it was just, it was disgusting, you know. And I just remember going back to my mum, you know, and she opened the door and I just, she felt like a ghost. It was like, she's like looking at me like, you know, it was it was mad. Like, and even looking back, I feel bad for the way that I was because my mum, I I wouldn't like that with my daughter. You know, it, w- it was very sad what I was putting my mum through as well. I don't feel it was all her fault. I feel like I made mistakes too. You know, um, it was tough. It was really tough. You know, and I end up in um, I end up in a toxic relationship. A guy from Ballymun and. That's when things really spiralled out of control. Um, I had a bad habit and he had a bad habit of different drugs. So when we got together, it was combined. But can I ask you first, when the attempt rape, did the guards not do anything? When I nearly got raped, yeah. they didn't do anything. No. They, they just, just dropped, dropped you home and that yeah, was they it. just dropped me up. Because I remember when I lived in the state in Sheetmore, there's this like, you know... um into the estate and my house was there two sheep more view and they parked there they didn't go up to the house they just let me out they asked you know and I said no and they still didn't do nothing about it and that was it like yeah and do you think that was like now do you think that was because they knew that would you be known to the guards at that time now no no I wouldn't have <sighs> 
I know it's no excuse if you were yeah. known to them, but like yeah. you're a fourteen year old girl yeah. who yeah. has been violently attacked and they don't do anything for you. Yeah. And were you in school when that happened? Um fourteen. Uh, yeah, I would have started school at fourteen, yeah. And you didn't say that in Tanya when you just had to get up and get on with your day? Yeah, like I did tell a few people because it was just there and I mm. couldn't, you know, I mean, I just keep drinking and taking drugs to try and blank it out because I felt afraid of him. Mm. I felt embarrassed, I felt scared and then I didn't trust men. With the force that he tried with me, I started getting scared being around men, you know, because there was an incident where we were hanging out because I, I was just very sociable and very out mm. there, but that was wrong for me. I didn't realise doing that was putting me into danger, you know, um, I was just bubbly person you know and getting on with people you know and I remember this guy was trying to you know get me to be intimate with him and I, I said no I kept telling him no but he's very very forceful mm. and I didn't give in but I remember after that that effect on my mind's like why is you know I mean what is wrong you know what I mean so like for me because my mom never explained things to me she never you know she'd never you know, open up about stuff to let me understand or let me cop on. So, like, I would have at a young age, at 15, was when I did. And um, it was, again, in ladies' well. And um, basically what happened was actually my first night that I stayed out the night, which I didn't want to. But basically what happened was myself and that girl that I hung around with, you see, we'd have a gang of friends we'd hang out with, but me and her always seemed to just leave them. And they, our friends used to always say, you two always leave us and go off and do mm. your own thing, why and all. But it was just mad, we were just always like that, you know. Um, me and her left and we were on Blanche Village, we were drinking. And these two older guys came up to us, seeing that we were drunk, came over, started hanging out with us. The guy that tried to get stuck into me, I wasn't having a bar of him, but my friend got stuck into that guy. So we ended up near uh, the canal up in Blanche and the guards did pull us. So I started walking away and I tried to get home. I was like, God, it's getting late, I need to get home now, you know what mm. I mean? And the guy that was trying with me came over to me and he said, how can you leave your friend like that? You can't leave your friend, you have to stay for your friend. I was like, I have to go home. And he was like, no, you have to stay for your friend. So I ended up going back because I felt guilty if I left her. And she didn't care, she wanted, She was out with him and she mm. was drinking, she didn't care. So they ended up bringing us back to that guy's house. We went down to the house and they had loads of drink and all. And I was like, I literally have to go home. I have to go home. I'm going to get into trouble. And I remember the guy said to me, hold on a second. Aren't you late going home now? And I said, yeah. He said, well, it doesn't matter. You're still going to get into trouble how long you are. You might as well stay. And they got that into my head then that I was like, sure, I'm going to get in trouble regardless of what time I go back. So sadly, I ended up staying the night then, and that was the night when I left them. And we ended up in another house and late as well, because I says, Get out, you know, we got out of there eventually. And Do you know when you said that? Yeah. You might, did you lose your virginity that night? Yeah. Was it scary for you? Um, it was just, do you know what? It was, it was mad because I had no love of myself, and I thought the guy was attractive, you know, blazing blue eyes and, you know, my type and stuff mm. at the time. and you know, um, I just, I, it was mad, I was so drunk, I just didn't realise it was, I thought it was okay then, and, mm. you know, everything that happened, I just kind of, you know, you know, it just happened, it like, happened, it was, yeah. yeah. Was he much older than you? Um, that guy, I think he was around my age, I think he was, mm. like, maybe two years older than me, around mm. that, so, yeah. 
did you think you had a bit of control there on like on your body like doing that or I would have waited if I realized you know I thought that I was too young looking back you know at the time I thought it was okay mm. but looking back now I think that's so young you know what I mean so. it's it's do you know what it's like there was there was there was no parents there there was nothing like for you to you know lead you you seemed to be going at all these gangs and on the streets but actually you weren't very streetwise at all at all and you shouldn't have been on the streets you should somebody should have protected you Someone should have stepped up and yeah. minded you. Yeah. So then you said then about Ballymun, the relationship you got into then. Yeah, um, I got with this guy. Um, it was, it was just very toxic, you know. Um, he was very much wrapped up in me, and I didn't feel I had much of a breeder with him, you know. Um, I ended up living with him in his mum's house in Ballymun and. Them years were just tough because he had a lot of control of me then. I remember one time he actually got a knife and ripped my suitcase, my luggage, so I couldn't grab my luggage to leave. Um, I remember one time he kept slamming the door closing so I couldn't get out the door when we were arguing. I remember getting out of the, the door and running and he ran out after me and tried to grab me and I pushed myself to get away from him and I fell back and hit into a rock and I hurt the side of my back due to that. I remember, luckily enough, the guys came over and seen it and grabbed him away from me. At that time, then I legged it and ran away. That was my chance to escape and get away, you know. Um, How long were you with him? Three year and a half. And then, like, when did you start seeing the red flags with him? I did, they were always there. I just didn't know how to break free. I was very scared of him, really? very terrified. I remember speaking to a counsellor about it, you know, and she was talking to try and help me through, but she, I thought she could help me get away from, but she was only just there to, you know, talk about things, and I never broke free. I remember one time I was in the Axis, and a lady that worked there, never forget it, she helped me. She gave me this poem, and it was, like, about the, the voices in my head and stuff like that, and, like, because there was so much madness going on all the time, I could never think for myself. I was always just, you know what I mean? And she was like, just give yourself a chance, and, you know, and I read that, and I, I still have that poem that she gave me. And I remember after that, I got the courage. You know, I remember one time his dad rang me and I said it to him. Dad, I said, I don't want to be with him. You know, and I got so angry. And I um, moved into a bed sit in um, North Circular Road. I was still with him at the time. And he was staying with me there as well. And I'd be staying in his mass staying, we'd be staying there. But at that time, it was mad because we'd have parties there and... You know, people from the cattle market and all the Devony Gardens, they'd all be there. And it was just like a session, mm. gaff. And I remember the time, again, that childhood friend of mine rang me and she's like, do you want to come out? And I was like, yeah. And it was just myself and my ex at the time. And I said to him, I'm going now. Can I go out? No, it's mad. I actually had to ask him for permission to go out. He's like, no, you can't. And I was like, my friends are already coming up. I'm going out. It's only going to be for an hour. Mm. You know, I had to explain myself, like, which is mental. Like, and I literally went out to her and we hung out but I was panicky I couldn't enjoy myself with her you know and we literally just hung out and talked and had a catch up and I said I have to get back and she you shouldn't be listening to him and I was like but no 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 I know what he's like I have to go back so I went back he was just a psycho picked up a knife went to my face cut it at me if I can't have you no one can and I remember the blood gushing out and I panicked 
I ran out the door, ran out, the, and the guards had to come up and get him out. It was just, it was just madness, you know. Um, and at that point, did you leave him then, or what did you say with him a little bit longer? That time I left him, yeah, I did leave him then. And his yeah. ma and dad were in the house as well, were they? Yeah, you see, his ma was going through a lot as well, and, you know, um, with, her par- with her husband, like, you know, um, I just felt like they weren't able to help, you know, and her dad, like, his dad was trying to just get me to stay with him. Do you know what I mean? And I need to break free, and I just couldn't, for so long I couldn't, you know, I did feel trapped with him, I really did, yeah. And how did you get away from him? I just remember one time just walking away from Ballymun and fighting on the phone with his dad saying, no, I'm not going back to him, I'm not going back to him, I'm done, I'm done. And I just remember after that, I just didn't go back to him, you know. Can I ask you, just going back to, because you went back to, you were 14, when you rang your partner at the time to tell him that his brother had raped you, what did he say? He just got annoyed and hung up. He didn't know what to say. Because he loved me, like, and I loved him, you know, and... It was horrible, like, and it was disgusting, like, it was just, it was just sickening, do you know what I mean? And this is actually my first time opening up about that, because for so long I felt so ashamed that it was his brother that raped me. Like, I tell people who raped me, but I didn't say it was his brother, because I felt so ashamed of that, do you know what I mean? It was horrible. Why were you so you know? ashamed of that? Because it was just horrible, a brother of my ex, you know what I mean, mm. doing that to me, like, it was just horrible. You he know? was probably supposed to look after you while, do you know what exactly. I mean, like that, make sure she's okay. Yeah. Like when anyone goes to prison, they say, you know, make sure she's okay. And he, he was exactly. supposed to look after you. It's, it's, it's wild because um, when Leah spoke about her rape, she felt she was being completely set up because she went to her house, a group of girls called her to the house. Yeah. And when she went upstairs, she went upstairs to watch the rug because they were watching them, and the rapist, the guy that was there, she t- didn't know there was fellas in the house. She thought it was all girls. And when she went up to watch the rugby, he came in behind her, shut the door and raped her. Mm-hmm. And they were all kind of singing and laughing at her when she was walking out the door after being raped, That's brutally sickening, raped. Sickening, yeah, sickening. And like the same as you're saying, that you were screaming for help. Yeah. And they were all outside there. Exactly. I screamed for help and I, do you know what I mean? I was tormented, you know, and I still see that rapist in O'Connell Street. He's homeless. And when I walk by, it's like a glimpse of this, you know, shivers of, oh, like, you know, and I sometimes I just want to go and hit him and slap him. In my head, I just want to slap him and hurt him. And, you know, and then part of me says, don't go near him, just walk and like, don't even look at him and just go, you know. Yeah. Did you ever, like, I say this all the time to, to guess, but did you ever counsel him for that? No, no, not Did you ever moment. report him? Oh, actually, I remember in Ballymun, I spoke to someone about it, a counsellor, and I remember bawling, crying for so long because it was just, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do remember that, yeah. Because to see him every day oh, must hard. be like, well, not every well, day, I but try, yeah, exactly. when you see him. I try not to be in town because I, mm. I've noticed I get very negative and, you know, feel that pain every time I try and forget about it. It's there again and it's just, it's horrible. So I actually remember... I worked for the homeless, you know, helping out the homeless, mm. and I enjoyed that because I was helping people, and I felt good doing that. And I remember one time I had to walk out of the van, and he was there, and I just I remember getting back into the van and having to sit in the van and not go out. And I remember after that day I stopped working for them because of it, because I just felt no, I can't, you know, mm. I just felt that all back again, and I was just like no. And did well after he raped you, um, and. I, did you not? Did you see him around after that? Was he still there, or did you just completely leave that environment? 
after after when he done that, I didn't see him for so long, but I remember seeing him one time and I, I actually approached him and said it to him, why did you do that? Why did you, like, you know, and this was in town, this was on the, like, Dame Street way, around somewhere around there, I can't remember exactly where, and I remember giving out to him, saying, like, why did you do that? He said, oh, I thought you were playing hard to get. They go. So then, the the guy, can I ask, did the guy, did he get out of prison? His brother, did he ever get out of prison, and did you ever see him again? Yeah, no, I haven't seen him since. I have not seen him since, you know. I actually seen his niece there recently, and she told me, like, that he's doing great. He's in England, he's in the UK, and he's doing great, you know, and, yeah. And you loved him? I did, you know, I did really care about him, you know, and did have that love for him, you know, and then when that happened, it just, it was just, yeah, wasn't the same. And then after the Ballymun relationship, take me to there. After What happened after that? So after that, I found it hard to be with myself. I found it hard. You know, I always looked outside. I always felt I needed someone. You know, I craved, you know, not having a dar. And I needed someone there, you know. And after I ended up in another relationship that was toxic. And at that time, I was doing music. That's when I started getting into music and going out doing the talent shows and stuff like that. And... When I was with this guy, it was mad because we were actually both clean at the time. We weren't on drugs. I was after getting myself back on track and, you know, focusing on my music and stuff. And he was only after getting out of treatment and doing well. And so when we, this was actually not the first time we met up because we actually met up before a while back in Old Devony. You know, I was standing around with a few at the corner where the flats were before they got knocked down. Mm-hmm. And he see me. And he took me away from everyone I was hanging around with and we just connected. But then he lost contact and he always told me he was looking for me and he was trying to get back in contact. And when we did, I was actually, I had my bike and it was locked across from like where the GP, the side where the GPO is. Mm. And I was talking to a friend of his because he seen me. He's like, oh, how are you doing? I was like, how are you? And then he came over and I couldn't get the lock off my bike. So he helped me and we got chatting. And then he was like, look, I'd love to meet up with you again. And, you know, so I was like, okay, yeah. So we started chatting and stuff. And I remember he told me, he's like, look, I know we're just seeing each other, but I'd rather if you not see anyone else, like, of course, yeah, that's fine and stuff. So I thought, okay, this guy is nice. He's, you know, doing well for himself. And we'd go out to coffee places and, you know, do normal things. And it was great, you know, mm. and it was good. And when we were together at the beginning, it was like, it was just really nice, you know, and we were both doing really well. Then when people knew we were together and stuff like that, it just kind of, you know, it just went downhill and started, he started going back to drugs. And then I was so vulnerable at that time that I got back on drugs and the two of us just got very, you know, I mean, just kept taking drugs and stuff. And What drugs were you taking? I was taking hardcore drugs as well as like weed and drink. Um, so a mix of everything really, you know, not at the same time, but here and there, different, you know, drugs and... Um, yeah, we got hooked, we got back addicted, you know. Um, I remember he got a place in Usher's Key. I was living at Ratmines at the time. I had a one-bedroom flat because I was doing good. I was, you know, back on track. But then I was kind of leaving where I was staying and staying and living with him, kind of, you know, in Usher's Key. And I remember always bringing my stuff there and things were, you know, well, I thought they were grand. We were going out. It was like, it felt like this, like, lovey-dovey. Everything's so, you know, amazing. And, you know, and he was always holding my hand. They were, and, you know, we were just, we were really, like, so connected. 
but the toxicity between us just it was rampant you know when it was toxic it was toxic you know I was very controlling um he'd always hit me to get his way and things like that if I'd stand up for myself or you know because I'd always try to you know say it as it is and he wouldn't take that he, he didn't like me you know overpowering him so he beat me down and I remember I'd pack up stuff and I'd leave he'd call me next thing you know I'm back with him again and it was just that spiral of you know when he'd call he'd be like I'm sorry I love you come back yeah, yeah, I'll change yeah and I just didn't know how to say no I'd always go back and I remember even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My friends were like, stay away from him. He's bad news. And, you know, I remember one time he busted me. So bad. And, you know, like he just, I remember one time I was performing in the Tivoli Theatre and I did break it off with him. Told him we're done. I remember going there and I felt great doing my music moving forward and he knew I was performing there. He came up and I was shocked. You know, I was talking to a few in there and they were like, your ex is here. I was like, what? I looked over and I was like, no way. And I told him to get him out because I just didn't want him there and he was outside and he's like, I just need to talk to you. I was like, what the what do you need to talk to me about? And he's like, just let me talk to you. So I went round to the side of the Tivoli Theatre. It's gone now. But at the time, I went over and we were talking the next minute. He was trying to, you know, whatever he was saying to me, I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but I just remember telling him, just leave, just go. Like, I don't want you here, just go. And then he was like, is that it? Is that it then? Is it? Is it? And he started getting very... And then he hit me. 
my makeup got smudged. I started bleeding. Yeah, I started like, and um, he, yeah, he ruined my makeup and stuff like that and hit me in a way that I, I left and I went. And I remember the guards actually coming down and grabbing him. I was like, tell them not, tell them not to. And I was like, no. And I walked away and, you know what I mean? And basically what he'd done, and I didn't find out till after, I was meant to go on stage to perform with another artist. He put fear in that artist and got the artist to leg it out of that venue. Put fear in him. So I literally had to get up on stage without my artist that I had to perform with, right? And another guy had to get up and just dance and, you know, be there instead because of it. And I had to go back up. The makeup artist had to, like, you know, redo my makeup and try and fix it in a way that I wouldn't show that I was after getting attacked before I had to get on. And I literally, after that happened, literally had to get on stage and perform like nothing happened. It was mad. You know, um, so yeah, that was, you know, it was difficult, like... You must have, there must be some strength in you. There must be a strength that just is there and when it needs to come out, like you getting on that stage and doing that. That's powerful. It really is, like that is really powerful that you got up on that stage and did that because I don't know anyone else who could do that. I couldn't do it. appreciate what you're saying. You know? Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm like so, so sorry that this, like this happened to you. Do you know what I mean? I, re- I really am. And I don't want you, people, don't want people ever to think that it's condescending or anything like that. But I just, I'm, I'm devastated that that's what you had to go through. And did you see him then after that? Did you see, like, see what happened was I remember a friend that I hung around with at the time got me to do like, this list, right? Because I just couldn't break away from my just stayed woman. And I remember actually, yeah. I left Rat Mines and I moved into a place I was sharing then with this girl and her two kids. And she was only after breaking up with her ex-partner who was a musician. Mm. And I was in there, so she was already, like, depressed, you know. And I was, like, trying to, like, just move move forward and stuff. But I remember him coming over in a taxi and I didn't show him where the address was because I was afraid. Mm. But I still went out to him, got me in a taxi and he had me back in Fairview staying in his friend's house there and stuff and it was just mad like he just whenever I tried to break away I just couldn't I'd always go back to him and remember my friend sat me down one time says you have to get away from him so write down all the negatives and write down all the positives and there was more negatives about him than there was positives and ever since that then I broke away from fully I remember breaking away from fully and the sad thing is I never appreciate myself never valued myself that the father of my baby was like one of the worst ones you know um when I got with him I was clean again because I got myself clean again and he was using and I was in an accident at the time and it was actually my childhood friend he introduced me to him but my childhood friend was trying to be with me but I ended up with the father of my baby and it was actually at the 40 steps where we met and I thought, you know, at first I was just getting to know him. I didn't think anything of it. But then he started rapping for me and he was into music. They went into, we went into the shop and got pens and paper. And I thought, oh, they, you know what I mean? He's a nice guy. He's into music, you mm. know, the way I am. So we went up to Phoenix Park. And we're all sitting there, the three of us, writing songs and, you know, jamming away and all. Mm. I thought, right, great. And he was up dancing. And I just felt good vibes from him. So I thought, mm. you know, so... That day, like me and the father of my baby, you know, we just started connecting, you know, and uh, 
I thought, right, lovely. We went walking around, we started holding my hands and I just felt nice, you know, like this is nice, you know mm. what I mean? And, you know, we were talking about stuff and then we were getting on very well. And again, when people started finding out that me and him were together, they started poisoning him with, you know, things about me saying, oh, she'll, you know, she'll be this and that and she'll, she, you know, she, you know, all this stuff and poisoning them. And, you know, he was using and I remember one day he knew I had a bad addiction because I told him. Oh, I was clean and he put a load of drugs on the table like, and I remember seeing it and trying to not want to take it and he kept bringing up my past and making me feel guilty saying oh sure you're this and you're that and you've done you know and this and that and I felt so ashamed of myself that I ended up taking drugs and going back to square one again and I remember the two of us just went very bad I remember like despising being on drugs despising myself going how did I end up back I remember waking up in the mornings having to go up to the post office up the road I was living in Kamenum at the time in a one bedroom flat and I remember knowing that I was going up to collect money to get drugs and I remember walking doing like the walk of shame knowing that I don't want to do this but being addicted that I couldn't stop myself you know and going up and just wanting to go back into the house and just you know hide and it's just horrible, you know, and I remember for years I'd be telling them, I just, I don't want to live like this and, you know, we'd be drinking and, you know, and it was just horrible and I remember um, wanting to get clean. I remember my ex-partner before that, you know, text me saying, I wish I had your baby and why did we break up? And the father of my baby seen that and he went, he just went ballistic over that, he was tormented over that and one time... A car drove by when me and the bottom of my baby were walking back to the flat. And they pulled up, oh, top notch, can we get a photograph with you? Mm. Two guys. So I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, grand. He looked at me, he's like, don't get that photograph. Don't get in that photograph of them. I was like, it's only a photograph. I, you know, I've never said no to anyone. Anytime mm. someone's asked to get a photograph, I've never said no. Mm. So I said, yeah, that's fine. Got a photograph with them. We walked into the house, into the flat. And next thing I remember, I got a black eye. You know, um, he gave me a black eye and it was just horrible. And I remember actually having to wear sunglasses on my birthday to hide them because he didn't want people knowing that he'd done it to me. You know, so I had to wear sunglasses to hide my my black eye. And um, yeah, it was just horrible. And I thought that was the worst of it. It wasn't. When I had my child, when I was pregnant on Zara, I love my girl so much. And when I was pregnant on her, you know, you think you have a lovely pregnancy and, you know, mother and father and going out and stuff like that. It wasn't like that. I was getting beaten up by him while I was pregnant. He wasn't hitting me in the stomach, but he was hitting me and thumping me in the arms and, you know, hitting me all the time. And we actually went to Hawaii. Um, I done it for him and me. Well, I done it more for him than me. Because I'm very spontaneous like that. I was like, this is for my baby. I need to knuckle down. I need to, you know, help him get off the drink and stuff. And I thought by getting him to see Mike Tyson, his hero, because he has a tattoo of Mike Tyson on him. I thought, lovely, I'll bring him to Hawaii. And, you know, because Mike Tyson was doing a live show there. That's the reason I wanted to bring him over there. So I thought, bring him over there. Hopefully he sees his idol. It might help him, you know. Um, he's he's going to be the father of my baby. And I want her to grow up in a good environment. So... You know, I was clean at that time through my pregnancy. I remember, so basically before that, just before that, when um, 
I found out I was pregnant before that I literally came off drugs first and I got clean. I remember going through withdrawals in Kilmainham to get clean because I, I wanted out. I just, it was tormenting. I wanted out. I didn't want to live like that, you know, and I done it. I got through it. I got clean and uh, I still felt sickness. I was like, why do I still feel sick? This should be done with, you know? Mm. So something was wrong and then, you know, I got sick and uh, it's like definitely something wrong here. So I remember going to my nurse and saying to my nurse, you know, what, like I'm not well and she goes, do a pregnancy test. Now, I never thought I could get pregnant because of what happened to me, the rape. I actually thought that I could get preg- pregnant due to that, you know. Um, and my nurse said to me, you're pregnant. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not pregnant. Mm. I was like, what? Can I have a look at that again? Mm. I was so shocked. I was like, I'm actually pregnant. Like, wow. Like, do you know, it was a miracle. Like, and I remember at that time, because I was pushing the father of my baby to work and all, and he was back working, doing a bit of painting. I was helping him. Like, you know, I, I knew people that done painting and mm. I got him on board and they were helping, you know, and which was great. And he was working at the time. And oh. I rang him while I was in work and I told him, I was like, we're gonna have a baby, like, and it's like he was real happy, you know. Mm. And like when we were good, we were good, but when we were bad, we were bad, you know. It was toxic, you know. And um, like I do feel like if the alcohol and the drugs weren't in the equation, I feel he would have been a good man, you know. He would have been caring towards his daughter and caring towards me. I just I'm not condoning what he done. Still shouldn't have done what he done. But when we were in Hawaii, I remember it was my first time getting in a plane. And I was bricking it. <laughs> I remember just spontaneously getting these tickets going, like, yeah. you know, for him to see Mike Tyson. And then after I was like, oh, beep, now yeah. I have to get in the plane. Yeah. My fear. Yeah. My fear is now one of the best feelings I could ever have, mm. you know. And I remember getting in that plane and this lady in front of me doing recce. Mm. And she's seen, I was real, like, panicky. I was like, oh, mm. my God, like, nerves, mm. you know, going up so high and all. And she helped me. Whatever she done with that recce, it worked. Now I'm just very calm and I love it and mm. you know I enjoy enjoy it like and uh, we went to Hawaii absolutely paradise for our first time ever being on a holiday yeah. and that's the place yeah, you know course, it was just yeah. amazing like it was so much fun and I enjoyed it I was so looking forward to my pregnancy in this lovely island and things were amazing he kept drinking going buying alcohol I was tormented with that I was like can we not just you know enjoy like mm, going mm. for an Asian he's like yeah but I have to get a few cans or I have to get this and when we were in Hawaii we had the best time ever but I'll never forget when he attacked me in the hotel room and I was crying and I was like do you know what I mean so there was always red flags there like I'm supposed to be having a great time I'm after bringing him on this holiday and there he is beating me up and all and you know what and happened like why not why started, you know what I mean he just started going crazy on the drink you know, and I kept him stop drinking, stop drinking, and he was just going against me and stuff like that, and you know, just bringing up things with the drink, you know, and it just got like you know spiraled out of control, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, and Parada Hawaii was amazing, you know that when I when I went there, just broadened my mind. I was like, wow, there's more to life, you know, there's you know the positive vibes over there, unreal, the energy and people over there when they greet you hello ha and yeah, all you yeah, know it's yeah, great yeah. it's lovely you know and like the city center they'd have there is just an island with a load of pools for everyone yeah so you're walking through people chilling at the pools and 
just a lovely vibe, you know, it was amazing. When we got back, I remember his addiction just went worse. It didn't get better. Like, he got to meet Mike Tyson. We managed to get backstage without the backstage passes, which was brilliant. Yeah. Mm. I was like, we're after coming over from Ireland and, (laughs) you know, all that. And luckily enough, his crew were out there and seeing how much, you know what I mean? And they brought, they brought, like, basically, I said, even if he can just go in, I don't have to go in. That's his idol. They let him in and I thought, right, grand. And they were like, no, let her in too. So I was like, lovely. So I got to go in too. It was nice. Yeah. And uh, there's a photograph of me, my Tyson, and I'm pregnant, you know, me and Tara. Yeah, it was lovely, you know. Mm. I remember him leaving and he was bawling, crying. And it was really cute because two of us were walking and he was just like, (laughs) I can't believe I'm after seeing my idol. And I was just like, you know, it was real cute, you know. When he was over there, he was trying to see could he get drugs, you know. And I remember that he asked someone over there that he thought was like, you know, someone that was on it. And they didn't. And I was, thank God, thank God, you know. So that didn't ruin it, you know. But I think that's what also made him very tormented, you know, the cravings, mm. you know. Um, so when we got back, it didn't get better. He didn't change. You know, I thought I could change him. I thought this would help, you know, mm. uplift his spirit and make things better. It didn't. He was still, well, for a little while, he was able to manage, you know, not drinking. Mm. And then all of a sudden, the friends he was hanging around with, you know, the people surround himself with, you know, he had this ego he was always like, you know, having an ego. And I was always, let that guard down. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. You're going to be a da. Mm. Let that, you know what I mean? Let that go. Mm. Move forward. But he didn't listen, you know, and he was still back taking drugs and all that. I remember one time, never forget it. We ordered something out of Token. And they had the fortune cookies, right? So I remember reading these fortune cookies. I still actually have the little uh, thing what it says mm. and it was like something about someone is someone lying to you often and all this kind of stuff so I was like you know it started kind of like making me a bit like you know to follow my babies he lying to me all that kind mm. of stuff so I started because it was actually there was three of them and I just opened to check them mm. and like two of them said the same thing so I was like why did I get the same thing so I went into them and I just you know said like is there something like lying to me about is there something you need to tell me and all that I was like what you mean what you mean and all and next thing I know we're just spiraling out of control and he had his arm around my neck and he, he squeezed tightly so tight that I just remember now my child was eight months at the time and I just got so scared it was like everything started flashing you know in my head I was like this could be it. Do you know what I mean? I literally felt that like, and it was so scary. He did not let go. I could not breathe. And I just remember, I thought that was it. Like I thought this, you know what I mean? My child and, you know, it was just so sad and I was so scared. And eventually he let go and I left, panicked, ran out the door. And I remember running up to, his ma lived around the corner down the steps and up the hill and around and, um, I remember going up to her and I just remember her just looking at me and shutting the blinds doing nothing and I just felt so cold and I was just like what, what like what is going like what am I do- how am I living like this I went back and I was like standing at the door panicking what should I do should I go back in should I tell the guards what should I do I was terrified of them eventually I, I did go back in and we both went to sleep and the next morning I said to him, I said, 
I cannot live like this. Why did you do that? And he said, I would have known when to stop. Psychopath. I would have known when to stop. So he did, like, he thought that was okay. So I remember ringing a load of numbers, looking online, trying to find somewhere to get him in somewhere, to get him help. I was like, you need help, you need help. I cannot live like this, you need help. And he's like, so he, he agreed with me. We sat there and someone rang back eventually. Someone got in touch with us and they paid for his ticket to get him to Switzerland, to get him into rehab. And he'd done it. He was kind of iffy about doing it, mm. but I was like, you need to do this. You need to do this. I can't live like this. And he was like, okay, okay, I'll do what I'll do. It. So his intentions weren't going for himself to get clean. His intentions were for me, which wasn't right, because you need to do mm. it for yourself, you know. Mm. But he done it, he went over. I remember myself and a friend brought him over to the airport and all he was concerned about was, I need money, I need money. I was like, go over and just get, you know what I mean? Oh, like, you know what I mean? And I remember just being like, I can't live like that anymore. And when he was over in rehab, he was, after leaving the rehab and sneaking out, with a Spanish guy and he video was video t- talking to me on the video recording love sorry not the video recording the video he was talking to me on the video chat and basically what he said to me was oh, I'm out here and I'm with this Spanish guy and you know things are grand we're just we're out for a bit and stuff and I was like is he for real after leaving the treatment centre so that's when I wanted to break off with him fully I should have broken off him well before, but that's when I was like, no, I can't be with him. You know, enough is enough. So I remember he was kind of halfway through his treatment, but because he wasn't doing his treatment right mm. and doing that for me, I just felt, no, no. You know I mean? Mm. That was the last straw for me. And I texted him. I said, look, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. And, you know, he was very aggressive. He came back. He didn't even finish his treatment. He came back and, you know, he tried to, you know, build back, you know, our relationship. I didn't want to. Things changed when I had a little girl. When I was, like, before I had my girl, I took the beatings. I accepted, you know, I accepted that was all I was worth. I felt worthless, you know. And when I had my little girl things changed it wasn't about me anymore it was about my little girl so as much as I thought I needed him I felt no my daughter needs a good upbringing so I chose to break away from him fully so I could focus on looking after my girl and do my best for her you know so after all the pain and trauma my little girl was my blessing you know, I, I do believe in a curse to a blessing from my experiences because I do feel when my dad leaving, I was, the family home was so cursed and it all kind of, whatever happened with my dad and my mum, it kind of fell onto me and I felt like I took the worst. Now, don't get me wrong, I know my sister went through a lot, I know my brother went through a lot, but I was more out on the streets, you know, they kind of kept it in, I kind of went out and started, you know, getting into trouble. You know, um, when I had my little girl, the hardcore stuff was definitely gone because when I fell pregnant, I never went near hardcore stuff. Still to this day, I've not 
and your hardcore stuff again, you know. And then when I had my little girl, basically, I didn't take anything throughout the whole pregnancy. Didn't even take caffeine. I was like, no, coffee, not taking it, caffeine in it. So I done everything for my child to be healthy. Had my girl and like I remember the pregnancy was beautiful, you know. Um they let me go asleep through my pregnancy. So I was sleeping and around five o'clock, I think it was a quarter past five in the morning, I got woken up by the nurse. And it was a lovely way to get woken Mm-mm. up in the morning, in the middle of the night. Um, you're gonna have your baby. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay. Mm. So the when I had her, it was just, it wasn't, it was just natural, it was lovely. You know, I thought it was going to be, you know, sore and stuff because the, you know, um, contractions were excruciating, mm. you know, they were unbearable. But the delivery was just beautiful. And when I had my baby, it was just, I looked at her and I was just like, oh my God, like, this is my little baby, you know, and I was just so happy, you know. Was it just you and her? No, he was there. He was there. They gave him the floor. He got the floor good to him. You know, um, I got a nice um, place to relax and um he was there, he got to see her and, you know, we have a little recording of, you know, when we had her and, um, yeah, it was just, it was lovely, I remember that moment, it was a lovely moment, you know, it was beautiful, you know, seeing my baby for the first time, you know, because remember through the pregnancy, I was like, what's she going to look like, what's she going to be, mm-hmm. you know, all that and like growing up with her, you know, because I've been through pain and trauma, it's hard. It is hard because that stuff is still there, and I deal I deal with that on a you know ongoing basis. You know, them demons are there, but I just have to keep them at bay. You know, mm. um, the pain. You know, um, it's gone a lot because I I have done a lot of work on myself. You know, um, mm. I've got people around me. You know, so I'm doing my best for my little girl, and she's three now, and she'll be four next month, and I'm excited. You know. Mm. Is like I feel like I'm more like her, like her sister than her ma. I want to be like her best, you know, like friends. So at least then she doesn't feel the way that I felt with my mom, you know. Because I feel like through my experiences, like unfortunately through the negatives, there's a lot of positives. Mm. Because from what I've experienced, I don't want my girls to go through any of that. Mm. None of that. I don't want her to go through any of that. I feel like I have to be at my best for her to feel that, you know, to do my utmost mm. best for her, you know. So. My music, I feel, is what saved me immensely. You know, I love what I do, you know, and I reach out to a lot of people and, you know, from all the experiences of the pain that I felt, the last thing I want is for people to feel pain. I've been through it, you know. So I want to uplift people's spirits. I want to make people feel good, you know. Um, I love seeing people happy. You know, for I want me. to talk to you about your music. I do want to learn, tell me when it starts and all because I don't know when it started. I if I could give you one bit of advice, let me just give you one bit of advice and take it or tell me shut the fuck up. I don't mind, you know what I mean? But your daughter will have many best friends. What she knew from you is to be your mother. And I I I, I give my distance came from my mother in law to me. She's like, You don't be your best friend. She's like, You need to put boundaries in place, you need to let her know you know, respect who's the boss and you know sometimes the best friend doesn't teach you that it has to be sometimes I know not in all the cases but it has to be a mother so that's the only yeah. bit of advice I do understand that you. and I do take you know that on board definitely yeah. yeah no definitely so tell me when you start writing music and then when did you become top notch yeah so I basically used to always write lyrics when I was mm. a baby when my dad left right I remember he still ring 
and there was times when he'd ring and now the phone was like up here mm. and I'm tiny like so I had to stand up on a chair mm. pick up this phone right <laughs> and I'd be talking because at the time it was cordless phones yeah, yeah. Uh, not cordless yeah, phones things, yeah, 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 yeah them ones. so I'd be like hi daddy and he'd be like how are you and all and why I loved music so much was because back in the day they used to have these magazines and they'd have the lyrics to the songs yes so yeah. I'd learn off them lyrics mm. and I'd say daddy I have a song I want to sing for you and mm. I'd be singing away to him and be like, oh, that's lovely, well done, that's brilliant. So I'd always feel that from him, mm. you know, and it'd make him happy, me singing. So mm. I loved that. That was something I loved because he'd always listen to me singing and I enjoyed it. So, you know, and I felt connected with him, yeah. with my music, because he'd listen to me and he was there because the rest of the time he wasn't there. Mm. Do you know, it was only them times when I had them phone calls mm. and I'd want to sing for him and all, you know. And um, when I was in school... Like, you know, like, at that time, because it wasn't as multicultural, so I did stick out mm. in my class. And um, I'd always feel different. You know, I'd always feel out of place and stuff. And um, I remember I got chosen to be the queen in my school play. So a king, queen, fairies, all that right. stuff. And I'd done that. So when I got chosen to do that, that kind of broke me into being on stage, performing. I loved it. Then in sixth class, myself and one of the girls I hung around with in school... We were meant to do Britney Spears, Baby One More Time, together. Mm. It gets closer to the date of doing it. Mm. And she's like, oh, I can't. Oh, no, I'm nervous. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. <gasps> like, she was so nervous. Like, mm. And I said, I'm going to do it. I went out. Pigtails. You know, dressed like Britney Spears. Because mm. <laughs> she was my idol. Mm. And I walked out. There's the whole school. And I'm like... Baby, hit me one more time. <laughs> Done the song, mm. Baby, Baby, one more time. And I won a prize right. from my skill. And the whole skill cheered, you know. And I just felt so like, wow. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. This is what I want to do. Mm. I loved it, you know. And um, even though I was always getting hurt in skill and I felt different, anytime I do something like that, I just felt, you know, this, mm. you know, I felt joy from it, happiness from that, you know. So... When I went into school, I just started writing lyrics all the time. I'd be writing lyrics. And I remember being in the car park with the girls. And we'd be sitting in lunch car park, in the car park together, all the girls. And we'd be all just chatting away. And then i just start rapping with the shopping. S to the H to the O to the P, you know, <laughs> rhyming words with all mm, that and mm. stuff. So it was always just fun for me. I never thought I'd take it serious. Mm. And then I remember doing my first ever gig in the venue um the lost society mm. and i told myself if this goes well stick at it mm. and if it doesn't mm. Mm. you know so i went and i done two tracks one with a friend of mine we performed the track together a device and then the other one was um no i don't add device myself mm. and the other one was um change my wish with okay. my friend right so we done those two tracks and i tell you we had the crowd around us and the place was hopping. Oh, it was unreal. Loved it. Mm. I walked out there and I was like, well done, well done. You know all mm. that. And I just remember being like, wow, I'm buzzed. Mm. And ever since that, I stuck at it. And I love it. And, you know, I've done loads of talent shows. I always got to the finals mm. of every talent show. And I just performed in lots of venues. You know, Lily Bordello's, um, the Vanilla Nightclub. Wheelands, the village, uh, Monroe's out in Galway, 
Tenerife I actually performed in <laughs> as well, you know. Um, mm. I loved it, you know, I just loved it, you know. Um, yeah. What's been your highlight of your career? Highlight of my career? Um, that's a good one. Um, when I was over in Tenerife, we were just going over for coffee, you know, tea and coffee. So we're sitting at this place and there was music going on. So I was sitting there, didn't think anything of it, like, you know, just thought we were going to have a tea and, you know, mm. just sit there with me mate and, you know, enjoy the vibes. Next minute, they were like, you know, getting people on. So it's like, right, I'll get on. Mm. So I done my track level up. And whilst I was doing that, everyone's saying it back, level up, level up yeah, in Tenerife. Yeah. And I'm like, this is great. I'm loving this. You know, it was brilliant. And then when I got down, the guy that was performing, right, he was doing Kings of Leon. So I just got up and started dancing, you know, having a bop. Mm. And uh, I found out after because he approached us and he was chatting away to us. He was actually from BBC. Stop. Yeah, he done he done loads of performances, so I didn't realise that. So mm. it was lovely just connecting and talking to him. So I enjoyed the experiences and his family and all were there and we were all chatting away. I enjoyed that. You know, it was mm. lovely, you know, um just being on that holiday and that happened, it was really, really fun. It was lovely, yeah, it was nice. And you said something earlier on we were having a cup of tea about a video or something like that. What was the video that went around and everyone was, was copying it or something like that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Basically, a guy from the army sent me in a video and he was singing, you know, nobody knows it, mm-hmm. but you've got a secret smile and use it only for mm-hmm. me. <laughs> so that, everyone, I threw it up, right? Mm. And basically, a heap load of people started sending me it, right? They were in the football pitch and they'd all just turn around and they'd break into it. <laughs> they were, you know... Wherever it may be, different places. Mm. Even Christy Dignum done that. I loved it. Oh yeah, my it god! Brilliant. So yeah, loads of videos started coming in, and girls in the, the park would send a video, and you know wherever they were, it was all just getting sent in. It was brilliant. Yeah. Tell me, how are you the person you are today? How is? Yeah, just tell me that. How are you that person? Like, is top notch a? Uh, a secure blanket for you that when you're top notch that nobody sees the real you or like you, I know you've just said that earlier on you want to help people all you want to do so how are you that person so I feel that when I am top notch and I do what I do I just feel so happy and uplifted and just feel like that's where it's at for me what I love doing you know I feel like when I was just being me like taking that top notch away I just felt like I wasn't living I wasn't existing I just felt like you know because it's just a part of me I feel it's what I want to do I always had that vision when I was a kid kids didn't understood it they never understood it and I felt it I felt that's my vision that's what I want to do and I stuck with it you know if I had given up God knows you know God forbid like I you know would have stayed where I was at with what I was doing and that is scary, you know, it absolutely scary. So I feel like my music definitely saved me. You know, it gave me an outlet, you know, what I want to do, what I want to pursue. And I just feel like it's like taking that away from me is like stripping me mm. of what I want to be, you know, because I love what I do. I love making people happy, top notch. That's what I'm about. Good vibes. You know, I get asked to go to parties you know, to pay for me to attend, you know, their parties and, you know, different things, events that are on and stuff like that. So I feel privileged, you know, the people, you know, respect what I do, you know, and that I can bring them good vibes, you know. Mm-hmm. 
I seen you're in the Buddy Cup the weekend. That's you know? right. Yeah. yeah, I'm from Prizewood as well. So nice. yeah, I seen you down there, yeah. and the videos that were going around, that adorable little fella. Yeah. So cute. Mm-hmm. So so cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got on it and I done my track. It's a recent one back for my love, mm-hmm. and it was actually first time performing that at the Buddy Cup, and I just remember him bopping away. I was like, oh, this is so cute, adorable. I was like, I should have had my little one there as well. Be <laughs> cute. Yeah, adorable. Can I ask you before I let you go, do, does Zara's daddy, is he still in your life? Do you have any contact with him? He was, you know, here and there because, you see, the thing is, I'm a very forgiving person. You know, um, no matter what I've gone through for those people, I pray for them. I don't have grudges on them. You know, they made mistakes, but, you know, they mentally weren't well. And I don't condone what people do, but I am very forgiving. You know, I have forgiveness in my heart, you know, and... um, the father of my baby, I do forgive him for what he's done to me, you know. Um, I know I've made mistakes as well, but it doesn't give anyone a right to lay a hand on you or do the things that they've done, you know. And um, I did try to make amends with him and we did talk on the phone here and there. But because of where he's at, I don't know where he's at today. I can't honestly say, oh, he's still like that because mm. he could be in treatment. He could be trying to get better. He could be doing the work on himself. I don't know because I have stayed away from, you know, trying to you know, build that bond mm. back for Zara. But all I know is in my heart is I'd love nothing more than for Zara to have her daddy back the way that you should be, not going out causing trouble and, you know, being able to be there, be a dad for Zara. So I do hope in my heart that he does let go of his pain and trauma as a kid and moves forward to be there for Zara because I know he does love her. I know he does, but he's just so lost with what he's doing and, you know what he's taking and stuff I just hope that he does you know get this you know and yeah. is your mum still alive yeah yeah and how are the two of you do you know what there's such a difference now I'm not gonna say it's fully improved it's not but it's so much better so so much better because you know at the time when she'd clash with me I didn't know how to protect myself with that because I was already full of anger. So the two of us would clash and it would always be just clashing. But I never wanted that. I'm a very positive person. But the more I started to understand her and realise like what happened to her, like, you know, was tough, you know, and trying to look after three kids, breakdown of a marriage that she was in for so long and coming to a different country where she's no family, no uh you know, no people to help support her, like, that was tough. So, you know, to understand that and instead of me just clashing at her, which normally when someone clashes at you, you just want to clash back, mm. I actually go, Noah, I have to think about how she feels and why she is the way she is. And since I learned to do that, we're coping much better. You know, I am able to kind of be around her. It's not where I'm like, I need to get away from her now. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? How, you know what I mean? Like, 10 minutes, right, get out. I've had enough, know? I need to yeah, go. This yeah, this is it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so it has improved in some ways, and please God, it'll improve more, you know. Do you believe in true love? I want to. I do, I want to. Um, I think my dad, like, took that away from me, because when my mum and dad didn't stay in that marriage, I just felt like, as he, uh, you know, as a young girl growing up, I just felt like he walked away from me and he's my dad. So guys are like that. So every relationship that I had, I always got scared of them. I thought, sure, they'll be like that. And anyways, so I was always hurt. I never trusted a guy. I found it hard to trust a guy. I always thought, sure, 
he's not going to stay with me he's going to run off or you know I never had that trust and it was hurtful you know to have that and it was mad because the guy I get would love me too much mm. you know and then it became toxic you know so that was in the past though so I'd like to believe that the future can be bright mm. and that there is someone out there for me that you know is similar to me because I know they say opposites attract mm. but you know you want to be able to do similar things it's nice to have some differences of course because mm. you know but someone that's into music the way I am all that kind of stuff you know it will be nice to find that person down the line someone who'll stand there and support you exactly yeah say that's my girl or that's my woman up there like you know exactly yeah proud of me mm. yeah doing my thing mm. <laughs> yeah and you will find that you will I promise you you will do you know what I mean? Because it's out there and you just have to... And it's very easy for me to say, I promise you, but it will. I promise you, it will happen for you. You just need to keep loving yourself that little bit more, yeah. you know, and it'll happen for you. And tell me, you love taking photos and doing I all do. that and you love yeah. when people call you and get a photo and all that. I do. Do you know what, right? In saying that, right, I remember a time when... It's not that I didn't like it, mm. but I just didn't know how to handle it. Mm. I was overwhelmed. I remember when people used to ask for photographs, you'd be like, why? You don't really, you know, I didn't understand it. And it was because I was still feeling down on myself. The self-worth wasn't there. And then eventually when I started understanding myself and getting better, mm. you know, and realising, you know, that's just pain and trauma, who I am, you mm. know, and appreciating and understanding it. I love it now, yeah, I do. I always loved it, but I just didn't feel I deserved it. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. But now I understand it, you know. Yes, I wish you the best of luck. I really do. You know, um, I'm thrilled that we sat down and I know people are going to get a real insight into who you are because I know a lot of people follow you as top notch, but they're going to have yeah. a proper insight into who you really are and how you are the woman you are today. You should be so immensely proud of yourself Thank you so much. Because others wouldn't be here. They wouldn't be here. So well done. Thank you. It's lovely having having us on. Thanks so much. Appreciate it a lot. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.